Hey everyone, welcome back to Built in Ohio. We have our latest podcast guest, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for joining us. We're excited to uh, to have you, to welcome you, and I'm really looking forward to this conversation. So thanks for being here. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. Yeah. So let's start off by telling us a little bit about yourself. Uh, then we'll talk about augment therapy. Um, but what part of the state are you from? Are you originally from Ohio? Uh, did you move here for a job after college? What's that look like? I'm born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, uh, really a suburb, uh, Chagrin Falls is where I'm from, uh, lived here my whole life, uh, really I went to school in Ohio, uh, went, got my uh, master's in Ohio, in Ohio also, and practiced as a physical therapist primarily in Ohio for about 20 years, and that's really what led me to starting the company as well are just frustrations that I experienced in my own practice in the state of Ohio. Yeah, I love that. And I love when uh, we talk with someone who maybe doesn't come from a, you know, it, what, you know, a traditional tech background, um, but they, they're practitioners of the space that they are now building a solution in because they saw it firsthand and experienced it. But um, before we dig too, too much into it and, and learn more about augment therapy, uh, and what you're building, uh, got to say, we've had a few guests, I'd say you're probably the third or fourth from Chagrin Falls. Uh, and for a small little town, uh, that's kind of, you're, you're definitely out kicking, uh, kind of the, you know, the population size and, uh, you know, as we're talking and recording in, in the winter time, uh, it's, well, it's beautiful year round, but, uh, I feel like, especially in the winter, it's like, a you know, it feels like that new England town with, you know, if you get some fresh snowfall and it's just, it's a beautiful place. It's a, like a Hallmark movie um, is what we always say. So yeah, we're a scrappy small town. I think that's what breeds entrepreneurs um, in the area. Yeah, I love it. Um, so Augment Therapy, when uh, when did you start it? Um, and then so kind of like a quick question there of, of kind of the timing. Um, and did you start off by diving straight in, like going full time or was it more of a nights, weekends, side hustle type thing? I started the company in 2017 as a solo founder for a little while. And really what it was that I, I kind of would daydream for a couple of years uh, while I was working as a physical therapist, mostly with children. And I would daydream about what kind of gamified therapy software I would build yeah. because kids were so fixated and motivated by technology and therapists like me often use those types of things to motivate kids to do exercise because nobody in the world wants to do exercise uh, regardless of if they're in pain or uh, having, you know, developmental delays, things like that. So I always uh, was watching what drove the kids the most, what motivated them the most, and technology was always the thing. Um, so I spent years watching these kids and figuring out what would be the best way to design the software. And in 2017, it was really right after my uh, 40th birthday, where I was like, that's it. This is my time. I'm going to do this once and for all. 
And so I started the company and soon after that found my technical co-founder, Steve Blake. I wanted someone that had all the skills that I didn't have uh, because I was the medical mind. I had the vision of how it could be, but I had no technical prowess whatsoever. So I needed someone that really excelled in that and could really carry that. And I found that in Steve and... So we just kind of worked together for, I would say, about two, two and a half years uh, where I would do this on the side. I would get up at four o'clock in the morning before work. I'd work for a few hours on it, go to work, come home, drive my kids around uh, to all their activities and uh, jot down notes and do phone calls while I was waiting in the parking lot uh, for them. So I did that for a few years and then went full tilt um, soon after the Youngstown Business Incubator Shark Tank event. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, we we had a great time at that event, won that event and won some funding, um, some real serious funding. So that way I was able to quit my job and go all in. That's awesome. I love it. And one comment before I ask a follow up, but. Uh, I've had my fair share of, of sports injuries over the years and, and a lot of physical therapy. Uh, and yeah, that sheepish walking in knowing, well, I didn't do quite as much of the exercises or the rehab I should have since my last appointment. And, you know, you don't want to lie, but you also know that they're probably going to be able to see pretty quick, like you're not progressing as quick as, as you are. So Oh, yeah, I we all we know, we yeah, know. And yeah, you're yeah. the norm, by yeah. the way, if that helps you, you're yeah. the norm. Um, nobody does them. We know yeah. that. Yeah. And that's exactly what we're trying to improve uh, with the software is we're trying to change the experience of therapy and improve the convenience of it yeah. while providing better data. Uh, to the provider. So mm -hmm. we usually guess that you aren't doing the exercises we prescribe. Yeah. And that really does inform our decision making going forward. We're motivated to keep you coming into the clinic because you aren't able to support yourself on your own recovery process. And this is exactly what the software does is it changes the experience to be positive, but then also gives actionable data to the provider. So they get a window into what's going on when we aren't just physically present. So that's it. And yeah, that's incredible. Um, and then, so my follow-up was, how did you find your, your technical co-founder? Uh, Cause that's something that I think a lot of people, you know, th that's a, a very normal thing in kind of startup world where someone has a great idea, they're the business practitioner, or maybe they are the technical person and they need someone like you with the real world experience. But um, that's such a big step that you got to get right, because especially if you're doing it at 4 a.m. in the morning or at nights and weekends, you know, after the kids go to sleep. Um, how did you go about that? How did you find that person? And what was that process like? Well, I had, you know, at the time I was very deep in the medical world, had no technical connections to anybody really. And so I reached out to my network of people that I knew from college um, that I, there was a one woman in my network that uh, was in digital transformation and marketing and was really at the top of her game. And I thought, 
she'll know someone um, that could really carry uh, me and that side of the company. And I reached out to her and then she reached out to her network and very quickly I was connected with Steve and Hmm. I, I gave her a very narrow scope of what I was looking for. I wanted someone that had not only uh, AR and VR expertise in building software like that, but I also wanted someone that had some background in medical technology uh, builds as well as knew the uniqueness of building software for children. Uh, this was really the key. And he was uh, had been building literacy software for children for eight or nine years at the point that we met and was really an expert in AR and VR content creation and and had done some medical software building in the ba- in the past as well so he he was a perfect fit but beyond that his temperament was exactly what i wanted we're both fairly even keeled people um and uh it takes a lot to get us uh, down and i knew that he was the right kind of person to ride a wild roller coaster ride with yeah. me so. what was um you mentioned kind of the going all in after the the ybi uh, shark tank style competition um was that the plan all all along where that you were looking for that kind of that moment where or was it a you went to it and it was like nope i just have to do it and you kind of woke up the next day and kind of dove in so curious kind of like what the thought process was there because that's another big thing that a lot of people um you know they think about it. and there's a lot of us that have ideas on nights and weekends but to actually dive in and go full time is uh that's huge and that's a big step yeah that i went into that event hoping for the best but at that point i was kind of trying to find some lead investors and was struggling at that point so that really helped catalyze us uh, to that point but really the there was a turning point a year and a half into the company where uh, my own daughter actually came down with a septic infection. I'd never experienced therapy as a parent before. I always was the practitioner and you know felt some level of empathy, but probably not enough. And so my daughter, she was four at the time and had to have emergency hip surgery. And then we spent a week at Rainbow Babies and Children's Hospital and she had to go through intensive therapy to get back up and walking again and she was not an easy patient at all um she was yeah she would scream at the top of her lungs and she would whenever the therapist would come in the room she would say the bad people are here again um and it was unbearable for me to watch her and they were trying everything in the world to get her up. They were coaxing her up with bubbles and stickers and she would throw them on the ground. Um, And we actually at that point had built the software just to the prototype level, but I had never actually tested it with any kids yet. We were still very much in that ideation phase. And I put the software in front of her when we got home uh, from the hospital the next day after we got home from the hospital. And she instantly responded to it and did all of these exercises that she had been screaming. And I often say there was like a nuclear reaction in me that day. Uh, When I saw my own child, uh, it became like a absolute 
obsession mm-hmm. um, that I had at that point. And it was like, I will stop at nothing uh, to make this a reality, uh, starting with children and then moving into other segments of the population. I just, it, I became absolutely and completely obsessed yeah, at that that's, point. Uh, that, that's, it's a, such a powerful story because I think that's the other where, you know, I don't think it happens often in life where that kind of aha moment of not just an idea, but the obsession that you described and to build a company from scratch and leaving a great career to do so is even crazier in the grand scheme of things. And it makes it all the more impressive, but scary and difficult. And uh, yeah, to have that kind of that drive and just that complete obsession over it um, is, you know, it's needed, but it just doesn't, you know, you need that spark. Oftentimes it just doesn't come to you. Oh, yeah. Well, I often say it was fate kind of kicking me in the butt because, you know, building a company, as everyone out there, I'm sure knows, is there's incredible highs, but incredible lows as well. And I feel like that moment with my daughter and with the years and years of kids that I've treated, those are the moments that I think about, particularly when we hit those lows, because I'm like, I just cannot give up. Um, and you know, inevitably humans do feel that way occasionally of like, did I did this to myself? (laughs) Um, you know, those are the thoughts I'm like, I am crazy, but those, I, I, that thought is very quickly followed by a reminder of those moments, reminder of those kids, the adults that I treated through the years. And I just, that thought just goes away very fast. Uh, when I think of those things. Yeah. And uh, as you mentioned, and we were kind of joking about my personal experience, but I can't even imagine for, you know, for, for kids and children, especially of, um, you know, it's not fun for an adult to go in and do the, you know, ankle exercises and three times 10, three, three times a week. But like, you know, a child, that's, that's even tougher. And for a, you know, a practitioner, it's tough, but for the parent, it's, it's awful to probably see that. And, you know, talk oh, about yeah. motivation. Oh, yeah. And I think a lot of people don't realize, too, that for adults in particular, the typical episode of care is usually three months, um, sometimes up to six months. So therefore, usually some kind of orthopedic injury, Um, you know, occasionally other things. But that that's the real meat of the industry for adults. Mm -hmm. And for children, most of these kids have chronic conditions. So they have diagnoses that are developmental delays, neurological impairments, they have um, Down syndrome, uh, cerebral palsy, uh, a a variety of things like that, where these kids are often receiving physical, occupational, and speech therapy for decades, if not for their entire life. And we tell these parents, we give them a piece of paper with exercises on them, each discipline, and we say, in addition to bringing your child here every week, I want you to do these exercises daily with your child. And your child's ability to walk and run and climb stairs depends on it. That's incredible pressure for these families. And invariably, they inevitably fail uh, at some point because the rigors of life just get to them. And those are the things that I want people to realize. And I really want to change for families in particular, uh, the It's a hard and high bar that we uh, set them to. And I just, I feel like we, we can do better for them. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and the, 
the historical that again I've been through and a, a lot of others is it's, it's like a chore where you, you leave with that piece of paper and uh, versus uh, you know makes all the sense of the world but you don't really think about it as you're you know doing it or you know it's like well this should be gamified and this should be a, a positive experience especially when when children are involved but uh, you mentioned kind of starting around 2017. Um, and then if I got the timeline right, about two years or so was, you know, kind of really diving into it, going full time. Um, that also happens to coincide around uh, when COVID was about to hit and ended yeah. up dead hitting and um, has completely shifted and disrupted everything. Um, not, nothing more than, than healthcare and the healthcare system and space. Um, so what has shifted? What has changed for you since that onset of COVID? Um, and what, you know, what, what are the difficulties? What are the opportunities that have come out of it? Yeah, COVID just absolutely changed everything and uh, in the best way and the worst way. Yeah. Um, so we went into COVID, you know, the, the foundational core values of the company was this gamification of exercise plus telehealth enablement and remote monitoring enablement. So that was the core of what we were pitching. And at the time, less than 5% of healthcare providers were using synchronous telehealth. And the idea of remote monitoring, which is asynchronous usage of monitoring a patient's adherence, you know, all a realm of things like that, uh, was very fringe. And I was a real crazy lady going around town talking about that this was the future of healthcare and this was going to alter how we consume it and how we deliver it. Um, COVID just absolutely changed all of that very quickly. The rehab industry at large uh, really shut down for a short period of time because we had no tools uh, at our disposal to render care remotely. We're a very hands-on type industry where we we're paid to bring people into the clinic, paid to give hands-on care. And uh, the vast majority of therapists like myself thought it was impossible to do it via telehealth. Hmm. COVID forced us down that path. And for many, they found things they liked about it and things they continue to hate about hmm. it. Um, and that's been a challenge as the pendulum just continues to swing back and forth, back and forth. But I think what everyone realized is that the extremes of both of these are wrong um, and that all telehealth is not optimal for patient care or providers to render care, but a combination of the two is absolutely the ideal and is convenient. Or uh, we need to, like all good healthcare providers do, is they determine what's best for that patient. It's a tool. So if a patient needs to be entirely remote, then you have a better tool to do it. Mm -hmm. And if a patient needs to be entirely in person, then you do that and you support them with technology. We realized, I think, because of the pandemic, we really weren't reaching our patients. We weren't engaging our patients the best way. And I think COVID really opened our eyes to that. Um, and, and, 
pediatrics in particular has been hit very hard uh, by COVID. Many uh, children entirely lost their therapy services in the school setting uh, because it was survival mode. Everybody was trying to figure out how to do things. So they lost months and months of services and are now behind. And uh, we shifted many hospital beds, pediatric hospital beds to adult hospital beds um, to account for the surge uh, that was hitting mostly adults. Hmm. Um, we're still paying the price for those things now. And um, we, uh, I think it's an incredible opportunity uh, for us to really take the next step forward into what healthcare really optimally can be yeah. going forward. Yeah. Uh, and you mentioned going around Northeastern Ohio and, and you know, living in Cleveland and uh, you've mentioned groups like the clinic and, and uh, that's one of Ohio's strengths are these, these healthcare systems, these institutions and uh, you know, startups are, are born and, and, and launched every day uh, in some places more so than others. And, and that's certainly something we're trying to, to all change and, and, and have more augment therapies in Ohio. Um, but what has it been like, creating your company, Augment Therapy, you know, in a region that historically, certainly before COVID, it was, you got to go to the coast and, and for stuff in, you know, your space, maybe Boston is kind of a hub and, and Minneapolis because of some of the kind of ecosystems that exist there. Um, what has it been like doing, you know, building this startup, creating this, this new idea out of nothing um, from Ohio, from Northeastern Ohio specifically, you know, what's been good about it? What's been kind of a struggle? What would you change if you, you know, had a magic wand, but, um, what's it been like building, you know, your company here? It's, it's been amazing. I, I definitely feel like we're uh, the Northeast Ohio, Ohio in general is a fantastic place to build a digital health company. I mean, I really feel like we're the healthcare hub of the world, um, and it's been fantastic having these places literally in our backyard. Um, and as a, you know, as our solution began focusing primarily in pediatrics, we have a number of top five pediatric hospitals just in our state alone. Uh, not even to mention that the top 10 pediatric hospitals, the vast majority of them are drivable from where we are in Northeast Ohio. So it's it's, it's been amazing. And I would say a magic wand, um, things I would improve uh, would be our, our comfort level with risk. Um, I think that is something I'd love to see us embrace more. Um, we have had incredible support from investors in the Midwest, and I love that. Um, and I now get the opportunity to engage with some investors from the West Coast and from the East Coast as well. And I would say that's one of the things that differs about um, our regions is they're much more comfortable with risk. Um, and there are positives and negatives with that mindset as well. But I think definitely if we learn to embrace some of that a little bit more, I think we're going to be better at competing. Um, I think we're on our way, though. I, you know, a lot of times I hear people say, oh, we don't have we don't have the resources. We don't have the funding, all of those things. I disagree. I think we have all of those things. We have all of the the elements, the the ingredients for the recipe. We The piece we're missing is just that comfort level with risk. Yeah. Um, and I think when we get there, 
uh, the, the potential is just incredible. Absolutely. And as a final question, kind of on this, on this kind of uh, train of thought before we go into the last part where we ask some fun, quick ones. Um, but what does the next five, 10 years look like for augment therapy? Um, what, what is the fundraising landscape? Are you raising? What does team member growth look like? New markets? Like if, if you're looking back five years from now, um, as kind of, you know, five years you started ago. So like you'd kind of uh, the next five, what does that look like? What is, what does the company look like to you then? I wish I would say, I could say that I was, you know, thinking, you know, small and comfortably (laughs) and (laughs) I, uh, insatiable, I would say is probably the right word. That obsession is definitely there. And I um, won't be satisfied until we are everywhere. And I want to expand into the adult market. And we've started Mm -hmm. dipping our toes into that now. I want to see recognizable characters in our software. Um, I want to see characters and avatars guiding people that they recognize, that they love, that are powerful to them. I want to see that. Um, I want to see um, just exponential growth is really what we're seeking at this point um, so that we can really truly change the experience of rehab. It's an enormous market. And um, I think we need to really set our sights on improving it for everybody. Um, In terms of our uh, near future plans, we are planning to do a fundraise uh, in early 2023. We're still um, grasping how that will shape up, but that's coming soon. Um, And our team will likely grow in size, will grow in size, and we'll add sales uh, team, we'll add excuse me, more customer support. Um, And we'll add um, just uh, more marketing as well. It's something we really haven't done at all. We just do uh, occasional social media posts and that's uh, what we do. So we need to get better at that. That's what's what's next. Hopefully some some people will will discover you from this and uh, looking forward to following along. That's just next year in 2023. But uh, but also in, you know, years to come, it's, uh, you know, the, the, the space you're in and again, with what Ohio is great at and our historical, you know, excellence and, and people literally travel from across the world to get healthcare in our state. Um, and the growth of companies like yours is, is a major part of this whole tech opportunity and, and absolutely love it. Um, so we'll segue into our last portion of the conversation, um, where we do some just fun questions. Um, and we ask all of our guests these. And so it's just neat to see different perspectives from different types of leaders, from different parts of the state, different backgrounds. Um, the first one is, um, what is a specific challenge you're working to solve? So this could be, you're obviously solving it with the company and you're solving a, a problem in the market, but more kind of tactically as a CEO, as a co-founder, um, what's a challenge that you've been working to solve more recently uh, w- within your you know day to day? For me, I'm working on, um, I would say, better organization, um, and I tend to 
at times I can be like a fire hose um, with our team. And I'm working on uh, getting it more to a trickle at times and being more intentional with the steps. Um, There oftentimes it seems as though there's so much going on and I wanna be everywhere and do everything. And I'm working on getting better about being intentional and organized and less fire hose. (laughs) I, that's something I I'm with you there because the amount of stuff we at Ohio X could be doing, uh, very much outpaces, even though we're a nonprofit, it very, you know, it's, it's a similar of, we could be doing so much, but with a small team and, you know, your modest resources, like, you know, smaller, newer organizations, um, you got to stick at what you're good at and keep, you know, the eye on the prize. Otherwise, you know, we'll end up doing a hundred different things and none of them well. So that's it. Yep. Yep. uh, With you there. Um, Next up is what's a favorite read, listen, or watch. So this could be a book, podcast, or show. Um, It could be something fun to to get your mind off the work day that you enjoy with family, or um, it could be a, you know, a business uh, podcast or book that, you know, you look to tactically and it's helped you along. So uh, a favorite book, podcast, or show for you. I would say my my co-founder and I really trade uh, podcasts of how I built this. Yeah, we love that. We listen to it all the time. It helps us because you know invariably we have failures yep. Um, yep. that we wish we did differently, and just hearing that that is part of the process um, that most founders go through has been enlightening and enriching to us. So we're big fans of how I built this. Yeah. That's a, that's a a popular one because yeah, it's tactically uh, you know, you can just pull so much from those and it's, 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 those are always fun to listen. Um, Next one. What is your favorite place in Ohio? So um, whether you have family coming into town visiting or, you know, it's your scape uh, you know, on weekends, what's a, what's a location that you just really enjoy? I would say, um, a favorite place is I, I love going into Chagrin Falls um, mm-hmm. and walking around town with my family and getting a hot apple cider at the popcorn shop. Um, <laughs> it's like um, we love that. If anything goes well in the company, I'm always telling the kids, let's go get a hot apple cider. <laughs> um, like I just love it so yeah. much. And just being in Chagrin, just hearing the falls and just walking around just for a few minutes, just centers me and it's definitely my favorite place i uh for those that as i was mentioning at the beginning uh we've i I think we've had like scott allen if you know him on uh tim porter uh, a few others that are in chagrin and uh for those that haven't uh it it really is not you know overstating this as you said it's it's like a hallmark movie and it's just it's so beautiful and and then when you mentioned the hot apple cider like that's also that like fall time in northeastern ohio with the leaves changing it just it it very much uh yeah it uh, i i can see it now and i'm not from there i've just you know been in town a couple different times and uh it's 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 an incredible community you live in um Final one uh, of, of on this is what's your favorite meal in Ohio? So, you know, a restaurant, if you're going out to celebrate or again, maybe celebrating a business, business success, um, we'll put aside the popcorn shop on this one, but more of a, a sit down meal. I, I have to default to actually my mom's cooking. Okay. Um, I, I, my mom 
is the best cook ever. And that is one of the things if also if anything goes right in the company, I got to admit, if anything <laughs> goes wrong, too, yeah, I usually yeah. have a phone call. And I, you know, my favorite thing that she makes is probably her beef stroganoff, okay. I mean, or spaghetti. Uh, if she makes one of those, it doesn't matter what's gone wrong or right in the company and I feel better. Um, so yeah, I have to admit her as a secondary, I feel like I, every, every restaurant deserves a shout out. Yeah. I'm really liking, um, 17 river grill in, uh, Sugar and Falls lately too. So I'm loving that also. Okay. I yeah. love that. And, uh, if you're a, you or others listening are beef stroganoff fans, uh, Cap City Diner, if you've ever been to the Cameron Mitchell restaurant in Columbus, there's one in Grandview, one in, in the Dublin area. Uh, that's one of their, I think it's maybe their Sunday weekly special. So I don't know how often you're down in uh, the Columbus area on Sundays, but Beef Stroganoff is um, one of their like kind of, uh, again, their their dinner plate special, which is um, always a good meal. So, um, but Lindsay, this has been fantastic. I've really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for sharing what you're building with Augment Therapy, uh, your background, your story. Um, I guess is like two final points. One is, um, you know, how could people listening help if, if uh, you know, uh, if you can have a call out to, you know, that could be just people following the LinkedIn page. It could be, you know, potential investors reaching out, you know, whatever, how can, how can people help if, if, if you need it? People can reach me directly at uh, my email, which is Lindsay Watson, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y Watson, W-A-T-S-O-N at Augment Therapy dot com. That's two T's back to back. So they, they can reach out um, to me directly that way. Also follow us on LinkedIn or Facebook. Um, we, I think, are working on getting Twitter and okay. Instagram up, but um, that's the best way to follow our progress and uh, reach out. We are always open to anyone that wants to be on this mission and, uh, and purpose with us. Awesome. I love it. And that was the, my second kind of question there was how can people get in contact, follow along the story. Um, so we'll link the social um, and tag uh, both the company and you on like LinkedIn so people can follow along and connect. Uh, but Lindsay, thank you so much. Thank you for joining. Uh, really have enjoyed our conversation and uh, appreciate you sharing the story. And, and um, I know we've gotten to follow along a little bit for things like the tech summit last year, and we'll be doing more this year um, health tech events and, conferences like that, that hopefully we can help share and promote what you're up to and, and would love to have you at all of those. So hopefully we'll, we'll get to be in touch and get to work together on a few things in 2023. Thank you, Chris. Thank you for all the work you're doing in our region too. We, we need you and we appreciate you. <laughs> well, like well, you're doing the tough stuff. We get to just help hopefully share it and, you know, uh, raise the awareness of companies like yours, but you're doing the tough stuff that, uh, uh, it takes time and it takes, you know, that, that obsession and the energy and the passion and, you know, a lot of capital. So um, thank you, Lindsay. Thanks for joining. Uh, appreciate everyone for tuning in. So be sure to reach out, connect with Lindsay, follow along the Augment Therapy story. Um, if you can, it's always helpful to leave a five-star review so then more people can discover this conversation and discover what Lindsay and her team are building and up to. But thanks everyone for joining. We appreciate your time and we'll see you all next time. Bye-bye.